Less than 12 hours after beating Mississippi State 51-10, Jimbo Fisher was out on Sunday morning. That was the, I think it's safe to say, shocking news that came out on Sunday morning when Ross Bjork made the decision to fire Jimbo Fisher. And the Aggies are now in the market for a new head coach. It's something we've talked about quite a bit that, you know, there were a lot of questions surrounding the program. Um, and we'll get into a lot of those on this edition of the podcast, the timing of it all, where AM goes from here, what some of the issues that have held them back are. Car- I'm joined by Carter Carls. Carter, thanks for, for joining me quite the day. I think that's that's kind of the the way to sum it all up. Yeah, if I uh, fall asleep during the uh, podcast, it's because the uh, I'm a little sleep deprived, but uh, yeah. now, crazy day. You don't enjoy days like this. It's never great to, to see people lose their jobs. Um, I, I've been kind of comparing it to like a celebrity death. Like I mentioned Michael Jackson dying where you, you kind of remember where you were and how you found out how it happened. At least for me, I remember I was a kid at the time, but uh, it was one of those deals because I mean, $76.8 million buyout that's tripled almost tripled more than tripled of of kind of the buyout record that Gus Malzahn had at, at Auburn. Um, and then it's happening in the middle of the season. That does not happen at Texas A&M. They've fired most of their coaches after the season. And then it's just a major program and a, a major coach who has won a national championship. And it's been the topic of conversation ever since they lost the Appalachian State game last year. So it's yeah. just monumental. It's a monumental day where, you know, this is going to be either a turning point or something for A&M where you'll look back on this day years from now and, and, and it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, but um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of thoughts to, to dive into and um, what a day this was for sure. We'll get into what Ross Bjork said uh, a little bit later, but uh yeah, Andrew, were you awake at the time when the news broke, or uh, did you did you find out a little bit later? I was, I was, I was awake, and I I I got saw the news, and obviously we sprang into action on where we kind of go next, and you know, kind of one of those things, and and you you do remember the human element of this, right? Like, obviously being one that covers recruiting, you think about the high school kids that have committed to this program that have looked at this program closely. Some that were on campus for visits at the time that the news started to kind of trickle out. And so that's the tough part of this deal, right? Is you have kids that are trying to make kind of that, that life changing decision that may be committed to the program and feel good about their decision. We're trying to evaluate things and signing days five and a half weeks out. So there's not or the early signing, the beginning of the early signing periods, five and a half weeks out. So for them, it, 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 it really kind of rocks. What, where do you go from here? And that, that was the, you know, the prevalent theme touching base with a lot of, a lot of kids and a lot of sources was just one of surprise and a lot of, okay, where, where do, where do we kind of go from here? But I, I think it is kind of amazing to think when you think about that 2020 season, right. And, and, you know, a wins the, the orange bowl again over UNC the comment about we ain't done yet um, on the, on then you really thought that was going to be the moment that this A&M program was going to kind of take off. 
next year injuries kind of you know hold this program back at the quarterback position um uh, you did have that win over alabama but eight and four five and seven the next year miss a bowl and then this year a lot of one score losses and and you know the and ross bjork and the program are heading in a different direction and so you know things definitely moved quickly um you know, it is surprising to think where where this program has kind of gone in the last three years. And I think I think there's a there's probably a feeling that we've talked there's so much talent on campus already that the program is close, but it you know, Ross Bjork kind of talked about it being like driving fifty-five in the left hand lane and trying to figure out you know why everybody's passing you and and kind of be in that program that's that's holding everybody back. And so no, certainly one of one of surprise. And I know you you uh you came off a late night covering the game, obviously all the post game stuff, and then and then this news kind of breaks early this morning, and the the uh you know the game's kind of a distant thought. Yeah, I've been I was in contact with some people this morning once things started to leak out, and you know I, I think that the thought among many was how much of a surprise it was uh, to the coaches, to Jimbo, the players. Um, think about it. This was after a win, but not just a win, a 51 to 10 win. The biggest, large, the largest margin of victory over Mississippi State in, in 17 meetings against them for AM. Um, <clears throat> now that's not excusing all the, the, the past for Jimbo Fisher. It's just the timing of it was like, whoa. But yeah. it actually makes sense. Uh, first off, you know, Ross Bjork talked about how. Sunday uh, after the Ole Miss game, it was kind of like a, wow, another game, another road loss, another one-score loss where you, you probably should have won. All these teams, this is not a championship program right now. And so he reached out to interim president Mark Welsh and said, hey, let's talk about this. Then they looped in John Sharp. Then obviously there was the Board of Regents meeting on Thursday. So I, I think they knew this before the Mississippi State game. It just didn't get out. And then, you know, they, they have a meeting with Jimbo Sunday morning. I, I kind of am thinking that they, they let him know about it Saturday night. Um, but Sunday morning they met with him, I think, around 9 a.m. Yep, very quick 9 a.m., yep. Yeah, very quick meeting. You know, nothing crazy, no no fists being thrown or anything uh, colorful there, but uh, very, very, you know, quick meeting. And uh, then after that, I think Jimbo just, just sort of left. There wasn't, there wasn't really a, a team meeting where he said final words to anybody. Um, that happens sometimes, uh, but, you know, y- you never know, like, should he talk to the team, should he not, that, that kind of thing. These are tricky situations. Um, sometimes the officials don't want you to talk to the team. They just kind of want, Hey, let's, you know, we want to break the news to them kind of thing. So uh, you don't know there, but, but the, the fact of the matter was, is and it was a shock to it just because of the timing, but going back to why it made sense, you know, you didn't want to, if you knew that you were going to fire them the week of the Mississippi state game, well, if that decision's not made till Thursday, do you really want to fire a guy two days before an SEC game uh, in Kyle Field? That that's pretty messy right there. But yeah. 
if you can wait and get through that game and then you have Abilene Christian next week, and let's face it, ACU, pretty much a bye week for this team. You can get all your ducks in a row after making this decision and really focus on, you know, getting ahead, right? Because, you know, you're not only talking about the, the season ending and needing to get a head coach and all that and, and getting out in front of that, but you're talking about the transfer portal windows opening. When a head coach in the middle of the season uh, is fired, a 30-day window opens up for a team. Anyone can either for transfer portal. And then starting December 4th, another 30-day window opens uh, for the transfer portal. So it's almost like a, well, a 50-day window. A double whammy. For A&M. It's kind of unfortunate. But if you do it now, I think you can kind of understand who will be there by the December 4th. You know, hopefully you can make a quick hire. I mean – We'll get into candidates and all that, but you know you're going to have potential candidates who are in conference championship games. You're going to have potential candidates who, I don't know, maybe in the playoff or at least in a, in a nice bowl game. And so there's some tricky uh, uh, circumstances to it. But if you do it now, you can prepare yourself to where it's not a total, you know, crap show uh, w- once the end of the season is here. Uh, so. They have hired Elijah Robinson as the interim interim coach. I thought that was an interesting move. You, you could have gone a few different directions there. Five Petrino's obviously been a coach. DJ Durkin's obviously been a coach. Uh, Elijah Robinson, though, I think he's sort of the, the heart and soul of this team. He's kind of the guy that all the players on both sides of the ball love. And I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, he's a guy you may retain if you're a coach uh, who's hired here. So over these next couple of weeks, if he's able to retain a lot of the talent on this roster and, and do a nice job, finish the season, who knows? Maybe he's the D-line coach next year. Maybe he's the defensive coordinator next year. Uh, we'll just have to see. But um, anyway, the timing of it, I know people are like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? Like, they just won a game. Or, oh, my gosh, like, there's still two games left. But – Doing it now actually helps you a lot more than it would if you did it right after the LSU game. No question. I think that's something Ross Bjork talked about, that this decision was basically made with the understanding that you had. As he said, it's going to be an emotional week for the players. They're going to have a lot to process over the next couple of days. Um, And and being able to keep Elijah Robinson, I think it makes a lot of sense because he's a guy that's just beloved by the players and, and, Ross Bjork talked about being able to keep DJ Durkin in his role and keep Bobby Petrino in his role and, and have two experienced coordinators there, I think makes a lot of sense Um, from a timing standpoint too. You know, you mentioned ideally having a, having a coach um, in place for the, for the transfer portal, the early signing period is also coming up on December 20th. And so I, I, I mentioned this on the boards, but I think, either that LSU game after the LSU game or potentially conference championship weekend, you want to have some clarity on who your coach is going to be so that he has plenty of time to get out on the road. When, when that time hits after the conference championship weekend to start meeting with prospects, keep this class together. It's a top 10 class right now, nationally Um, one of the top classes in the sec. And if you can keep these, guys together 
the goal should just be to really keep this group together. If you can add a piece or two, great. But if you can just keep this group together until, you know, the early signing period, I think you're, you'll be happy with that and you'll certainly take that. And so I think, you know, the timing was tough coming off the Mississippi state game and, and, and Ross Bjork kind of talked about it. It wasn't just the Ole Miss game that was really the final straw in this, this whole deal was kind of the totality of everything. Nine game road losing streak, because as he mentioned it, well, what, where does it factor in? If you, if you go game by game, where does the 51 to 10 result over Mississippi state factor in? If you're going game by game uh, mentioned just the totality of it all being, being the key factor in the decision, we're certainly going to dive into a lot more about what Ross Bjork had to say, met with the media for, over 25 minutes on Sunday evening to kind of talk about the process, how the buyout gets funded with the $76.8 million, um, which was obviously, you know, a record. And we'll talk about some potential candidates as well for that A&M could look at. Be sure to stay tuned to, to uh, the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls, breaking down and digesting the big news of the day. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher out as Texas A&M head coach, and Ross Bjork met with the media on Sunday evening to talk more about the decision. And really, we I go back to what he said about, you know, it was just, there was a, just a lack of consistency around the program, and he just didn't feel like, talent was being maximized and it's something we've talked a lot about on this on this podcast AM has the fourth um fourth best talent on campus when taking into account the talent talent composite ranking they've recruited great but those results have not translated to the field talked about AM is not in the championship conversation right now again they're going to be heading to a bowl which is which is nice for this program to be to bounce back after last year but just not at a level that he believes they should be at uh, mentioned consistency and just the overall day-to-day operations of the program were just not where it needed to be. Uh, and so that's why he made the decision about to make this, to make this, um, to make this call now and, and look for a new direction. So what else did you kind of take away Carter? Cause you obviously in the room there, what, what else did you kind of take away from what Ross Bjork had to say? Yeah, there was some reading between the lines that I felt like he offered up a little bit, uh, particularly with the 2021 extension where he's talking about, you know, that was a, I can't remember the exact wording he said, but kind of an institutional decision, decision yep. but that he takes ownership for it. So it's, it's kind of like, Hey, it wasn't really me, but I'll take ownership for it. You know, that kind of thing. You'll take the fall. Yeah. Which it's like taking the fall, but not taking it. And it's understandable because I think a lot of people these days, they think they see the signature on the contract and they assume, oh, well, it's all this guy's fault. But there's so much more into it that goes into it than just one guy making a decision. And I mean, that's, that's really where it all started to go wrong for Jimbo Fisher. When you think about it, the first three seasons he had at Texas A&M, I mean, you had every reason to be optimistic about this team, even after season four with, you know, having the number one class in the 2022 class and 
Um, you know, I felt like they should have been in the playoff in 2020. And, you know, I felt like they could have been the second or third best team in the nation that year. Who knows? Like maybe they make it the championship game. And we think about uh, Jimbo Fisher a little bit differently uh, than just, you know, finishing as an Orange Bowl winner. But, you know, you know, it's it's hard to blame Bjork and, and company for believing in Jimbo. I think everyone at that point believed in him. It's more the the decision of, yeah, we're just going to give you guaranteed money and we're going to extend you, even though you haven't made a playoff, even though you haven't won a championship, even though you haven't won the SEC yet. There almost needs to be a proof of concept before – you guarantee those things. You already made the big guarantee, the guy. And I think when you're AM and you make such a big move to land Jimbo Fisher and you kind of submit yourself as a, hey, we're we're a program that can land major candidates. We're we're a program that can land big name guys. You need to act like it. You need to you need to not be afraid that a guy is gonna leave your program. Uh, be, because there's another option. If, if he wanted to go to LSU, let him go to LSU because you should think high enough of yourself to either, hey, no, we're good enough to win this battle, or, hey, let him leave. We can get a better guy because we're Texas A&M. But it was almost this fear involved of like, oh, my gosh, what if he leaves for LSU? And I think that's just crippled A&M where – you know, they, they, they just think that they can't hold on to the guy for whatever reason. Uh, so I, I thought that was a really interesting comment for him talking about that, because if you look at Ross Bjork's time at Texas A&M, that's, that's probably the, the biggest, uh, I guess, yeah. weakness or, or concern that you can point out is that extension. That's where everything started to go wrong. And, you know, going back to what he was talking about team-related, um, think about all the decisions and the things that have gone wrong since that extension. The nine-game losing streak. Is it ten now? I think it's nine. It's a nine-game nine game losing nine, streak. Nine-game road losing streak, yep. Um, hiring Steve Adazio, retaining Steve Adazio, when the offensive line was one of the worst in the country and is still one of the worst in the country. Um, you know, he's had a history of a lot of these things, not being able to – you know, recruit or develop quarterbacks, not being able to have a competent offensive line, the the offense kind of passing them by. Um, and, you know, I just, I just felt like every game you watched and the same problems were happening over and over again. The special teams. I mean, this year, this year, they have had a special teams disaster on, on in every single game, pretty much outside of like Louisiana Monroe. And so you watch every game, you know, I've talked to a couple uh, people who are like, there are players who are like playing out of position and there are players who are playing who should not be playing or players who should play, be playing more than they play. And I think everyone's in a general consensus about that, just fans wise, where they look at this team and they're like, man, this is a badly managed team. Um, yeah. It's an underachieving team. You, you see them losing the, far less talented teams time and again. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm harping on the same talking points, but I just, it's tying back to what Bjork said, where it was kind of refreshing to finally hear him 
talk about those things instead of kind of avoiding them like he, he kind of had to um, while the whole thing was going on. But, um, yeah, it was interesting, though, uh, how it all seemed that the straw that broke the camel's back was Ole Miss. Um, yep. Think about how much his emotion is involved in that game from Ross Bjork coming from Ole Miss and then just the Lane Kiffin, Jimbo feud, and then just the lack of success against Mississippi schools. I mean, yeah. if a had lost to Bama and LSU every year, but they were beating everybody else, maybe they're, Jimbo's fine. But instead, they're losing to the Mississippi schools every year, and I, I think that may be what ended up being the nail in the coffin for them. No doubt. And and you, you look at kind of – to close this out, just looking ahead to the future now, and it, it obviously we're going to have a, a lot more answers about that in the next couple of weeks as this search kind of gets going. And and Ross Bjork mentioned a lot of things that that he's kind of looking for in a next head coach. Mentioned, you know, being able to navigate the modern day era of college football. That's the transfer portal. That's NIL. That's becoming more prevalent that's managing a roster and all the responsibilities that come with that mentioned being a recruiting powerhouse machine, innovative offensively, and just having like a day-to-day knowledge of running a program and success developing players. And so those were just a couple of the factors he mentioned and, and what recruits are kind of look, a lot of those things are what recruits are looking for. They, you mentioned, you look at recruiting, right. And, and, and A&M's done a great job. And I, I think, if there's, you know, Jimbo Fisher's gotten a, gotten a ton of heat and a ton of criticism and the play on the field has, has justified that one thing I think he's done a really good job of, and the next head coach has to do the same is selling what A&M is all about being able to sell the culture, the fan base, everything that an A&M degree, the Aggie ring, everything that comes with attending A&M I think he did a really nice job of, and that was one of the things when you talk to a lot of recruits, that's one of the things they kind of talked about is, is A&M is more than just a football decision. And, and, and that goes exactly to what the staff is, is preaching. And I think he really understood that. And so, you know, that's kind of for me and, and, but you look at modern day, how to kind of navigate and, and, and just one more thing on the recruiting side, I think everything right now, Truthfully, is is it's hard to kind of project what's going to happen because so much of the feedback today was we're trying to process this just like everybody else is. They were stunned, um, and you know, kind of wait in wait and see mode now for the next couple of weeks to see who the next head coach is and and what what route A and M ends up going on that front. So, I think that's where fans kind of have to be patient. You're gonna probably you might lose a couple guys and, and, you know, new targets are going to emerge. It's natural with the coaching staff. So that's what I would say on the recruiting front, but um, just on potential candidates, I think, you know, I think you do have to look at, obviously Dan Lanning has to be probably number one. You look at, at kind of some of those West coast candidates, Kim DeBoer out of Washington's done a great job. You look at, at Jeff trailer, if you're looking for like an in-state coach, um, you know, he, that has Texas ties obviously, and has, has been a Texas high school football coach in the state and, and would be able to maintain those relationships. I think those are a couple lane Kiffin obviously is, is someone that's going to get him 
going to get the mix. Um, Lance Leopold has had a, a reputation of winning wherever he's gone. Those are just a couple of the ones I think, I think kind of jumped to mind right off the bat, but obviously Dan Lanning, Glenn Schumann, those guys are kind of, I think at the top and Deborah kind of at the top of, of guys that you at least start with, if, if it makes sense. Yeah. One of the things that York said that may have been the most interesting thing he said in the, in the press conference was that the, the 12th man foundation and the A&M athletic department will entirely cover Jimbo Fisher's buyout. So, you know, no outside money. They're going to try to cut spending. They're going to try to increase revenues with the athletic department. I know they've spent a ton of money uh, under Ross Bjork. So I think there there's probably some fat in the meat to cut that could maybe help you out toward the buyout. Um, and it makes me wonder, will that help them be able to have more money than we previously thought to spend on a head coach? Because I think the thought is, Man, if you're paying Jimbo seven million a year through 2031, can you afford a Dan Lanning, a Kalen DeBoer? I'm still highly skeptical that they can. Yeah. I do not ever want to underestimate this Texas A&M faithful though, because I'm telling you, so many people during the year, before the year, media outlets, uh, national guys, had been saying. No, no way Jimbo's gone. Buyout's way too much. No way it's happening. 100% not happening. And I'm like, how can you guys be so definitive? First of all, we don't know how disastrous this could get. And second of all, Aggie fans, if they have one thing, it's money. And so I don't ever speak in definitive terms because they find a way to find it. But uh, generally speaking, it's just a guy like Mike Norvell, a guy like Kalen DeBoer, uh, yeah, DeBoer, and then a guy like uh, Dan Lanning. Can you afford those guys? I I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. But a Jeff Trailer, a Mike Elko, uh, you mentioned Schumann. Uh, I would think those guys you could afford. They all certainly have like intriguing elements to them, but it's also they have some more to prove. I think you know with Schumann, it's like hey. He, He's never been a head coach before. He's 33 years old, but he very well could be the next Dan Lanning. He's taken the same path. He has worked for Nick Saban. He's worked for Kirby Smart. Um, obviously knows how to recruit. Um, he knows what it takes. I think A&M, they need to have somebody that knows what it takes to create a championship program. You look at Mike Elko, obviously was fantastic as a coordinator at A&M. He's gone on to Duke, a, a program that, you know, they care more about lacrosse than they do football, uh, obviously basketball too, but they care more about lacrosse, and yet look what he's turned them into. First nine-win season since 2014 last year uh, and, and having a decent season this year. And then Jeff Trailer, you know, you mentioned it, the high school connections. I, I think he is probably the most sneaky good hire candidates on that list because people underestimate the guy, but you know, when you have the connection he has on that Texas high school football uh, recruiting trail, man, he could light it up here. And I, I just wouldn't count that guy out because 
not only can you afford them, but th I think there's a lot more upside there than people think. Um, anyway, there, there's some other names. We mentioned Dan Campbell, mentioned Aaron Glenn, kind of some wild card candidates. Lane Kiffin, you know, I think I think he'll definitely have interest in the A&M job. There's no question yeah. in my mind that he will not. Uh, and I think there might be part of him that thinks – I would love to be good at A&M just to show everybody how bad Jimbo was or whatever. I I think like there's old... no doubt he <laughs> – I think there's no doubt he would love to do that just to kind of throw an extra little jab at, at Jimbo Fisher. And he's talked – he obviously, more than anybody clearly, realizes the resources that are available at Texas A&M. He's been very clear about that. Another interesting name, I was, um, you know, just – just kind of looking at his at his background and obviously a, a more of a West Coast guy, but Jonathan Smith out at Oregon State was a name that kind of got mentioned a little bit, has done a great job at Oregon State, another program that is, you know, was a tough rebuild, was a tough rebuild that he he kind of undertook and and has done a really nice job there. Obviously, the thing with them is, you know, what's the future like at Oregon State? And that could be, you know, one of the things to watch with him. Is is the future is really uncertain? Obviously, at Oregon State right now, with all the conference realignment, and and that could be one thing with Washington and Oregon is they're obviously heading to the Big Ten, and so that aspect probably you know takes away that 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 card you could have probably played. But you know, Mike Elko, obviously another guy that that I should have mentioned is you know obviously knows the program, knows the culture, ran had some really good defenses at A and M, and I think does a nice job in terms of just delegating to the rest of his staff. And I think that's something that he clearly he's comfortable in, in what he knows how to do um, what he wants to delegate to others. And, and, you know, can kind of, kind of understands that aspect of it. Obviously we, we talked about that a lot with, with Jimbo Fisher and, and, you know, everything that have went on with, with Bobby Petrino and, and, you know, relinquishing the play calling duties. We we went through all of that and obviously Ross Bjork kind of made clear today that wasn't necessarily one of the things that, you know, he he said that that offensive coordinator conversation had had been in the works for a while. So, he wasn't going down that path tonight and so um you know, it's going to be fascinating to watch and and as a reminder, if you're not already, be sure to be locked into the Gigum 24/7 Sports boards. We will have you covered with hot boards and recruiting updates and everything that you need to know. Um, got a promo running there right now. So be sure to take advantage of it and hop on and, and, and we'll have you covered up with all the latest. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and share the video, subscribe to the channel um, and give us a five-star review on Spotify and iTunes, iTunes and, and buckle up. We got another coaching search. These always, have twists and turns and rumors and, and speculation and all those things. So uh, we will have you covered with all the latest news over on Gigum 24 seven until then have a, have a great night, everybody. And we will see you guys soon.